Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. For most of my life, I had been an atheist, and, and I'm a kind of a rational guy, and I need to kind of have everything work in my little head. And, you know, I, I kind of, some people might call me heady. And so my challenge was to get out of my head and into my heart. And it wasn't until I was able to do that that I actually connected. I actually fully grasped the meaning, the depth of the love that Jesus taught. And now today's guest is hoping to inspire others to find their own truth about God. We're joined today by Michael Taylor. He is a life coach. He's also the author of numerous books, including his most recent one, What If Jesus Were a Coach? Today on Connections, he's going to share his testimony with us. He's also going to share with us why it's so important to him to reach others. Michael Taylor is our guest today. He is a life coach. He is also the author of numerous books, including his most recent one, What If Jesus Were a Coach? Coach Michael Taylor, uh, I was reading your bio for your new book. We're going to talk about your book this morning on the show, but um, uh, one line in your bio caught my attention. It said, you once had an aversion to organized religion until you undertook extensive research about world religions to determine if God existed or not. And now you've got a book about Jesus. So obviously you decided on Jesus as your answer. What convinced you of God's existence and that Jesus was real? Well, I studied all the major religions and I then received a miracle. One night I was sitting up late and it was probably two o'clock in the morning. And there was a 24-hour bookstore down the street from me. And as I sat there that night, something told me to go buy a Bible. And I'd never purchased a Bible in my life. <laughs> and so I decided to go buy a Bible. So I go to the bookstore, it's two in the morning, buy the Bible, come home. And I, I was brought up Baptist. And so I had remembered as a kid, you know, when the preacher would talk and he'd talk about the words in red when Jesus was speaking. Uh, yeah. And so I sat down and I said, you know, I got to go to that part, go to where Jesus actually taught. So I sat down and I started reading this Bible and something told me to go to Matthew. So I go to Matthew and I start reading. And as I'm reading, it was, it felt as though Jesus were sitting right next to me, talking to me, sharing me, telling me exactly what he meant in his message. And I sat there for probably two and a half hours reading. And all of a sudden, it was like my heart just exploded. And I really got the whole message that Jesus Christ, God was in my heart, not something outside of me. And so that's kind of how I started and really connected to Jesus as the, shall I say, the primary source of my spiritual enrichment. That's pretty cool. Like from a lifetime of aversion and resistance to in a couple of hours, life changed completely. Well, there was a lot more to it than that. that was, <laughs> okay. That, that, that was just sort of the, 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 the experience that really kind of opened my mind and heart to the teachings of Jesus. How long ago was that? That was, uh, let's see, 90, gosh, let me think about this for a second. 89. <laughs> I was like 1997. Wow. That's a long time ago now. It doesn't feel that long ago, but it is now. Uh, over the course of that time, uh, what's made you passionate of introducing people to Jesus? Well, first of all, again, 
for most of my life, I had been an atheist and, and I'm, I'm a kind of a rational guy and I need to kind of have everything work in my little head. And, you know, I, I kind of, some people might call me heady. And so my challenge was to get out of my head and into my heart. And it wasn't until I was able to do that, that I actually connected. I actually fully grasped the meaning, the depth of the love that Jesus taught. And so I simply wanted to share my experience in hopes that others would have that same experience, to have that same connection where they feel in their hearts the reality, the truth of the love of God. And since sharing your experience, what has that response been like? Oh, it's been amazing. Um, There are so many people now, I believe, that are hungry uh, for connection. They're hungry for something real. And during my research, what I found was that, you know, over the past 30 years, Christianity has experienced a steady decline. And more people are moving away from organized religion and they're searching for something. Well, I think what we're really searching for is that connection, not through religion, but through our own hearts and minds with God. And I think Jesus can teach us how to do that. And without having all the religious dogma and doctrine associated with Jesus is teaching, I simply share some of the primary lessons that I learned in my own journey. And people are being really impacted in a positive way because they said, you know, I've never looked at it this way. I've never thought about it from what I, I call it a love-based theology versus a fear-based theology. And people want to feel loved and they don't want to be afraid. They want to feel connected. And that's what they're really getting out of the book. What's interesting about your story, what I love is that you grew up in a Christian home. You grew up going to church and in a Baptist home, but yet you still went down this path of um, aversion to religion and becoming an atheist. And then eventually taking that full circle and coming back to where everything started. Well, you know, God works in mysterious ways. <laughs> and, and, you know, they, they say, they say skeptics make the best believers. And for me, the reason that I had such an aversion, I guess, to, to religion and guys, because no one really answered my questions when I was a kid and I had a ton mm-hmm. of them. And so I, again, I believe that you can combine science and spirituality. There's no conflict there. I believe what science is doing now is actually verifying what Jesus and the masters taught in terms of how God works. And so, as a, I, again, I love science, and, and that was one of the things that I really struggled with in organized religion. How do you combine the two? But I don't think there's any conflict. Um, I think it's really a matter of, as mentioned, being willing to connect our hearts to the source, and that source being God, in my opinion. And so that's, that, to me, is everything. Uh, so you have a book out now. What if Jesus were a coach? Tell us a little bit about the book. And I'm curious about this title, where that comes from. <laughs> well, try to imagine, because again, most of my life, uh, I was brought up fearing Jesus. Um, there was so much fear. There, there was a lot of shame actually associated with Jesus. When I thought about, you know, most of my life, my, my, grandparents told me that I was a sinner and and I really had an aversion to that and so what I wanted to do was say well what if you removed all the religious dogma and doctrine attached to Jesus's life and simply looked at him as a life coach 
what did he come to teach us? And so in this book, basically I share, number one, my 10 favorite lessons from Jesus within the book, but I also kind of guide the reader on understanding that there's no conflict between religion and spirituality and how you can bring the two together and still follow Jesus's teachings. Uh, what's the, uh, like you're a coach yourself, what drew you to, to coaching and then this parallel with uh, Jesus? Well, at the age of 23, I was living the American dream. I had the house, the wife, the 2.5 kids and all of that. And by society <laughs> standards, I was pretty successful. And by the age of 29, that American dream turned into the American nightmare. As I went through a divorce, a bankruptcy, a foreclosure, a deep state of depression, I was actually homeless for two years living out of a car. Wow. And so I was able to rebuild my life. And in doing so, I went on this amazing journey of transformation. And again, it began with me on my understanding of psychology and, and me going to therapy and, and dealing with some childhood trauma stuff that I, that I needed to resolve. And then finally coming back to finding out and discovering who I am as a human being and how I connect to this thing I call God. And so after rebuilding my life, I simply wanted to share the lessons that I learned with others to support them in doing the same thing. What's the biggest thing you've learned along the way? God is love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Period. That, 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 <laughs> Period. That, 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 that really sums it up for me. God is literally love. What's the response been like from uh, the book? What if Jesus were a coach? Well, I'm really loving the heartfelt uh, responses. Uh, the reviews have been extremely powerful and positive. Um, I had one gentleman who, like myself, was an atheist. And he wrote me a heartfelt letter saying, Michael, you know, thank you so much for sharing your story and and talked about the parallels between my life and his and how my book had actually opened his heart and mind to the fact that Jesus could teach him how to live an extraordinary life. And so it's things like that that are really rewarding and fulfilling. And that's the primary reason I wrote the book. Now, it's not your first book either. You've had uh, several books. I think I saw 10 books. Correct. Uh, why? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> that's pretty prolific writing. <laughs> well, I absolutely love writing. Um, I believe that we all have unique gifts and talents bestowed upon us by our creator. And when we figure out how to use those gifts and talents to make the world a better place, then we are living our divine purpose. And so writing is just a gift. And my primary focus of writing, actually, is the changing roles of manhood and masculinity. Uh, That's where Mm. most of my my work has been around. And it's just something that I'm really passionate about. And once again, I try to use my gifts and talents to help make the world a better place. Did you ever see yourself going down this path? Not at all. (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. I I never dreamed of being a writer, even though I've always loved books, even from a very young age. But once again, I think... God works in mysterious ways because I believe for me, um, when I went through the darkest period of my life, as I look back in retrospect now, I can see God's divine hand in all of it. I can see how my life was perfectly orchestrated for me to be the man that I am today. So going through all those adversities that I mentioned, I can see the love in it. I can see how God said, look, I've got something I need you to do, and I just need you to learn to trust me. 
and you've got to go on this journey, but I'm going to be with you. You just trust me and I'm going to guide you to, to your ultimate destiny, destiny. And so here I am, you know, some 25 years later after starting this journey, I'm doing exactly what I love to do. I'm impacting people's lives around the globe. And I feel truly blessed that God has used me in this way. From living in your car and homeless and going through that divorce, like you've overcome a lot of adversity to now author 10 books and a life coach and stuff. What do you say? What's your advice to people in the midst of adversity right now, maybe stuck in a pit they feel they can't climb out of? First and foremost, know that there is a presence, there's a power within you that if you're willing to tap into it, it can help you overcome any adversity. I choose to call this divine intelligence. Divine intelligence is just another word for God. But God has, for a lot of people, a negative connotation like it used to for me. So I use the term divine intelligence. Every human being has access to this divine intelligence. It is within us. Another word for that could be Christ. Christ is the divine intelligence that God uses to, to inspire and to motivate us. And when we learn to tap into that divine intelligence, when we tap into Christ, it is the source of our transformation. It is the source of our strength. It is the source of our hope. So first and foremost, recognize God loves you, period. Secondly, <laughs> you have access to God always, and it is your responsibility to tap into divine intelligence. How do we get those people that were you once upon a time that were hesitant and just were not interested? How do we get those people to realize how awesome it is when you can, you can see that God is amazing? Well, for me, I think it's really just about sharing our stories um, and being real, being honest, being vulnerable, talking about the challenges that we may have had or, or for me, you know, as a former atheist, to now say, you know, that I live my life and knowing that I can do all things through Christ, through Christ that strengthens me. Um, knowing that now and sharing that story with others, my hope is that when they hear that, um, it awakens something in them. And that something in them is that divine intelligence that I'm speaking about. So having conversations like this, um, reading books like mine and reading books that change our minds and our hearts and connects us to God, I think is the key. Who's the book for? What if Jesus were a coach? Like, is this for Christians or can it reach people that were once like you, like atheists and people resistant to religion? It's primarily written for people who have disconnected from spirituality. Nice. It's written for people who, like myself, may not have believed in God, but in their heart of hearts, they recognize that there's something more, but maybe they don't know how to connect to that something more. It's for people who really want to live authentically. It's for people who are open-minded enough to say, you know, maybe I don't know, but I want to know. So maybe I want to learn something different. It's really about changing our perception. Uh, again, because for me, as a kid, the word Jesus was a really negative term for me because I had a really traumatic childhood and I had some very religious grandparents who were raising me. And so I had to do a lot of healing around that whole issue. And during, you know, learning to make my connection with God is something that every person has to do. You have to go on your own journey. And so it's written for anyone who's ready to begin that spiritual journey. That just raised a question in my head. So growing up, you were basically like, hey, you got to go to church and this is what you got to do. And did you, do you feel that that's what pushed you away from the church? Absolutely. 
because I, I remember when I was approximately 10 and I was forced to be baptized. And I remember being absolutely terrified. I remember walking down the, the, into the water to be baptized. And, and the thought that was going through my mind at the time was the minister was going to drown me because I was such a sinner. Hmm. And I remember wow. just being absolutely terrified. And after coming through that and surviving, there was just in my little 10-year-old brain, this idea that I was such a bad person, that mm-hmm. Jesus or God or something was, you know, was always wanting to punish me. And I lived with that most of my childhood. And so just moving through that way of thinking, the way of believing, um, is what really kind of put me on this journey to find my own truth about God. That's amazing. For those who want to learn about you, they want to pick up one of your books or they want to pick up this book, What If Jesus Were a Coach? How can they go about doing that? The simplest way is go to www.jesuswasacoach.com. And if they want to learn more about you? CoachMichaelTaylor.com. Perfect. Awesome. And, and it's, it's also available at any online bookstore, Amazon or Barnes & Noble. The book's available everywhere. But if you, if you go to uh, JesusWhoIsACoach.com and order a copy, you get a signed copy. So that's nice. definitely the way to go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for making time for us today. We appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I loved it, Michael. Thank you. Can't wait to read it. And thank you so much for listening. Remember, if you want to listen to this full conversation or to any of the other conversations that we've had on Connections, you can do that by checking out our podcast, Connections with Mike, Tom, and Colleen Hood. You can find that at podcastfield.ca or wherever else you get your favorite podcast from. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.